Hey, we, we started uh, three weeks ago a brand new series about the prodigal son and I, I shared you with a lot of uh, topics about the ring, about the shoes, about the, the rope of righteousness. And tonight I would love to speak about two different cultures, what I uh, have seen in the story of the prodigal son and the title is, what good is the faithfulness to you? How good is faithfulness to you? I would love to start and then we want to see the drama of the prodigal son Many years ago, around maybe 25 years ago, when my wife and I, we came to Zurich, we, we knew nobody in that city. And there were a, a, a pastor's couple in our church, and they said, hey, Saturday, we have, we're doing a brunch. And if you want to come to the brunch, just join us. And you know, when somebody invites you, you have never been there, it's always a little bit like strange because you don't know anybody, you don't know the house, and you're a little bit like insecure. We, we arrived there in Regensdorf for the brunch. We walked in and from the first second on, we felt like home, we felt welcomed, we felt we belonged to that group forever. And we were amazed about the culture they have built up over all the years that even new people, they feel home from the first second on. Then some years later, we made a decision to take a sabbatical in America for four months. And that couple who has invited us for the brunch gave us a lot of money for the sabbatical. And that's not normal. Swiss people, they don't give money to foreigners. And I asked that couple, why in the world you have such an open house and why in the world you're supporting people they not even belong to your own family? And they said, and I will never forget that, they said to me and my wife, we have built up a culture. Of culture, we welcome all the new people in an atmosphere they can link in so fast. And we have decided to build up a culture. We want to honor those people. They have been faithful with us over all the years. With other words, culture is not something that happens out of a blue Culture is something you set down and you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit and then you write down all the values what you believe in. Culture is not happening overnight. It's something you work very hard on it. You can see the two things, uh, two things also in the story of the prodigal son, how the father treated actually the prodigal son and the older son. He lived in two different cultures in the same time. Let's hear the story. Thank you for this great celebration last night. Best evening in a year. So good to have you back. Woo! Celebration! <laughs> Morning. Morning. Did you have a nice party? S sit down. Please. Boys. You're still drunk. Son. Well, I, I guess it's better when I go now. Do you guess? You stay. Both of you. You. You were always with me. You can't imagine how thankful we go again. Thankful I am for that. 
all those years, I, I could count on you. You are enduring and, and faithful. Dear son, if, if I haven't told you that enough, I'm very sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you so much, my dear son. And you, you, you came back to me. You can't imagine how glad I am that you came back. I mean, you are here welcome at any time, any, 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 any hour of the day. Do you understand that? Thank you. Boys, come on. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. You understand? We are a family. Huh? Get it? We are a family. Hey, in that story, actually, I'm going to use that as an illustration for my own personal journey. In that story, I see two culture. You can imagine you are in the middle. God has given you a shape. You're the middle. And I really do believe you can create a welcoming culture for the new people. You have to establish a welcome culture. As you can see on the graphic, can we show the graphic on the LED wall? You have to create a welcome culture for the prodigal son. And this is the culture you have set up. And the second culture is like the, the loyalty culture about the older son. You establish this culture in a very unique way. And all of a sudden you see this becomes like an overlapping culture of the father. You have two hands. One hand is for the new people and the second hand is for those people that are with you over all the years. Let's give our team a big on, round shot of applause. Sad to go. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Come on, boys. Well done. So, hey, church, tonight I would love to inspire you. It's not like a typical three-point message where, where I give you a lot of insights and nuggets. I want to give you an inspiration. Are you ready tonight? Because I learned those two cultures about 25 years ago and it took me years to develop those two cultures because it doesn't matter if growing up in Switzerland, in Germany, in Austria, there is a kingdom culture, there's a godly culture. A godly culture is nothing to do if you're a Swiss guy or a German guy or an America or Latino, it doesn't matter. There are some godly principles in the Bible and I want to explain you two things what has inspired me to set up or establish actually the culture. Let's start with the welcoming culture. The welcoming culture just means how we handle and treat those people that are brand new in your company or in your neighborhood or in the small group or even though in the church. In the story of the prodigal son, I see three things what the father did and I wrote down three points that is my values and my culture, how I established a welcoming culture. The point number one, you need open eye. You need open eyes. What I mean with open eye? The father watched every single day and he saw the son far away and he ran after the son. That means when we gather in a church celebration, we're looking for the new people. We have an open eye for all the new people. Why is this so important? Have you ever been to a party? You have been invited 
and everyone is talking, has a good time, is sipping and nipping a little bit on, on the apparel, and you are there in the corner and nobody greets you and nobody talks to you. This is really not a cool moment, right? It's a, it's a horrible party. This happens in a lot of churches. You walk in and nobody is greeting you. Nobody is waiting you. That's why we have established in our church a welcome home team. They're standing in the front of the door say, welcome home. Good to have you back. Good are you here. Then you walk in in the lobby and in the building and everything. People are waiting for you. Even by the parking slot Sunday morning, there was a guy at youth this morning. It, it rained so hard. He shows every card away. And if you're coming maybe for 10 times, you say, you, you, you don't have to be here anymore because I know where's the parking slot. Yeah, if you're coming every time. But if you're coming for the very first time, you're so happy about those people. They make this big church to a small church where you feel welcomed from the beginning. We had a slogan, a look, a word, and a touch. If you see a person in the lobby, it's alone. It's my duty to go there and say, are you here for the very first time? We welcome the new people because think when you have been in that position, you were happy and glad that people welcomed you. Have an open eye. You need also open ear. What I mean with an open ear? The prodigal son, he shared his story to his father. And check out in that Bible verse, the father was just listening to the son. When people coming for the very first time in your small group, in the company, wherever, ask them about their story. Because every story matters. Every person matters. Why I'm asking those questions, I'll tell you why. I learned something in the Bible school. My teacher taught me, you can learn from everyone something. You can learn from every story something. Be a lifelong learner. Ask questions because you're willing, you're hungry, and you're eager to learn. The third thing what I learned is I have an open heart. You know, when the prodigal son came back, he messed up all. He messed up all. When he came back, the father kicked off a party. What is the meaning of an open heart? Here is a very simple illustration. There are sometimes different people in your life some different people coming to the small group, to the company, to the church. This guy is a very freak. He's a party guy. He comes into the church, and he's very on fire somehow. And here on this side is a typical Swiss person. It's very solid. Uh, everything is so fine, you know. Very solid person. And here that person I'm really afraid, has been to the prison twice. He killed some animals and maybe also some people. And that person shares the story and they think, oh my gosh, where's the welcome team? I don't want to die. And now here's the challenge when, when you have a welcoming culture. If people joining your church, your family, they're like you, it's easy because you know how to handle yourself, right? But often people are joining the small group, the ministry, the international celebration, and they're so different. <laughs> and it's not so easy. And how in the world can I have an open heart for you, for you, and you? And here is the illustration that God gave me many, many years ago. The father gave his prodigal son the robe of righteousness. Check this out. 
When God dressed the statute with the robe of righteousness, that means it doesn't matter if you if you are successful, it doesn't matter if you have one million likes or Instagram followers, you are covered with the robe of righteousness that the blood of Christ is on you. You are forgiven, you are a son of the Most High God. You understand what I'm talking about? This is important. It doesn't matter if you're faithful, if you're rich or poor, whatever, you are covered with the same robe I wear too. And then the typical cis person, Swiss people are always friendly, but even friendly people, they need forgiveness. They need grace. And even the Swiss person is covered with the same robe that this robe had on. And then like the prison person, he killed a lot of cats and dogs and maybe some people. You are dressed with the robe of righteousness too. Why I'm telling you that story? Because I've seen so often in, in churches, you bring on stage the most spectacular story. The most spectacular healing story about signs and miracles and you changed the whole atmosphere. But what's about those people that just have an ordinary story? They often feel in a church, we are not welcome, my story is nothing. And they're not even worried to share on the stage or even that story. Everyone, it doesn't matter if you're rich or famous or if you're a loser. Treat people the same. Treat people the same. Everyone needs the robe of righteousness. Everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone needs the blood of Jesus Christ on. We are equaled love by God, equal forgiven, but God has wired us and gifted us differently. That's why I have established a culture in my life. It doesn't matter if a very famous person walks in, my attitude won't change. Can I hear an amen? Because so often, have you seen, it's a famous person came to church. Yeah, wow, it's a person. Needs forgiveness, needs grace. And I'm not in that game of treating people better because they give more money to the church. I have no clue how much money you spend. Maybe you give nothing, I love you. If you give a lot, I love you too. I love you anyhow. That means I have established a culture in my life. I respect and treat people equal love forgiven in the name of God. That's how I have established my welcoming culture. And now my question is to you guys, have you ever established a welcoming culture in your personal life? If not, if not, you are, you just have what you have. Have you, exp have you just said in my family or my small group, what is the style of welcoming people? Because from nothing comes nothing. Somebody has to sit down, write it down, say from now on, that's my part of welcoming new people. And I tell you something, Swiss people, you can learn a lot. <laughs> no Swiss people are here. They're always quiet. Okay, you get a picture? So, and now I want to share the second point. How we treat people they have been faithful over years and years and years. Now comes the, the loyalty culture. 
like the older son in the story. Everyone is normal until you get to know them a little bit better. Hey, here's the story. If you're falling in love, your girlfriend is a bomb. Your girlfriend is like a rocket. She is the, the deal. But after one year, the story is changing. All of a sudden, oh my gosh, she's blonde, but beneath the blonde, mm. check this out. Beneath the story, this guy has some edges. It hurts. This solid Swiss person has also a thorns. Thorns, it's painful too. Corners, corners, thorns, or edges. After a while, if you're together with your own small group, you start to get to know the people a little better, and all of a sudden, the Christian romantic is over. The welcoming culture is over because it's not exciting anymore because you know the edges, the thorn, and the corners, and it hurts. Here's the problem if you're married for 30 years and almost married for 30 years. After a while, my wife is not a surprise anymore. In the beginning, love makes you blind and then you see. But when you see, often that culture is harder to establish than the welcoming culture. Let's give those people a big shot of applause. Thank you so much. I hope you understand the thing. Now comes the question, how can you establish a, a loyalty culture in your small group or in the family or in the church? There are three points uh, I came up, and that's my points. It's like on my business card, I want to treat people. They have been faithful over years and years and years. Point number one is the blessing culture. Why is the blessing culture so important? Because here's the point. Often when you serve in a church, when you serve in your family or in the small group after a while you say oh nobody says thanks nobody writes me a text message and nobody has ever brought me some flowers when i had birthday i went to a crisis but nobody was there i took many hours to help other people and it comes like the blah 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 da, la, da, la, da, la, 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 la. And that's why a small group is important because in the small group, our job is to open our eyes together. What is the blessing culture? The blessing culture means there are two different blessing cultures. I want to share this with you guys. The elderly son, he believed in two lies. And if you are faithful over years, you start to losing the blessing that God the Father has given to you. The point number one, the older son said, hey, Father, that it's not fair. You have handed over one third of the inheritance to the prodigal son. You gave him one third and he spent it all. You have to understand what happens in that moment when the father handed over one third to the prodigal son. There was the moment in law he handed over to the elder son two thirds of the inheritance. Hey, check this out. Why in the flipping world is the older son complaining he is twice as much than the younger son? Just pause for a moment. Then the second thing he said, Daddy, 
You kicked off a party for your son and you gave him a calf. One calf. That's a lie. Because the moment when the father handed over the one-third to the youngest son, this was a legally moment when the father handed to the older son the thousands and thousands of calves and said, that was the party moment. You get more. Church, do you understand the blessing zone means I say to the people in my small group, here is the grace zone. God puts the prodigal son into the grace zone, but the older son into the blessing zone. The grace zone or the blessing zone? Why in the world so often we Christians start to complain because if you're the older son, you have much more than that flipping dude. And the job is in every small group to say, hey guys, don't complain. Open your eyes, God is on your side. You are in the blessing zone. You have already more than those people. They're walking in, they need grace. But you're living in the blessing, in the favor of God. The Holy Spirit is with you. God is on your side. You have such a solid family that you are able to start a small group, a company, a ministry. And that people, they need recrucination. They need counseling. But you are in the position to start something. Let's, let's open our eyes to get our eyes. Sometimes we're losing the vision that we are in the blessing zone and we have much more than the prodigal son. Hallelujah. Then my point number two is the win-win attitude. What is a win-win attitude? Hey, I have for more than 20 years the same travel agency. I have the same family over over 25 years. I book every single flight to that company. You, do you know why? If you win, I win. It's not about who has the best price. I'm never going for the best price. I don't believe in the best price. I believe in friendship. Is there a brother and a sister in the, in the church who has their own company? I bless my brother. I bless my sister. Even if the C, the bro, is more expensive than maybe Google. Google is not my friend. Google is following me too much. But I bless my friends in my church. I have the same hairdresser. The whole family, we're going to a hairdresser in our church, from our church. And here's the point. Around five years ago, another travel agency approached me and said, Hey, Leo, you're booking all the flights with your staff and the move and everything. I give you a better offer. And I said, I don't care if you give me half price. I will not join you. I'm not for a bargain. I'm for friendship. I go for win-win. I go for win-win. Win-win <laughs> means if you win, I win. If you win, I win. This is like an attitude I have. I'm very faithful over all the years because I really believe. Here's the thing when I talk with a lot of Christian business people, they will say, I don't hate to do business with Christians. So why? The Christians always ask for a bargain. I don't, I don't get it. If you're my brother in Christ, I don't ask you for a bargain. I ask you, can I give you 10% more? You bless your brothers and sisters. The foreigner, you rip them off. But not your bro and see. Bro and see, we bless them. We even pay more 
then he paid to a foreigner. This is my culture in my life because I believe if you bless your brothers and sisters in the church, you're blessing the house of God, you're blessed too. It's like you win and I win because it's friendship. Point number three is what I've established is my A attitude. And uh, you can see a slide of five things what I've established over all the years with my wife, attending romantic dinner, absence, a short vacation, adventure, church, alienation, is some leisure time and adoration, uh, shared prayer. If you see these five A's is just what I have established. How can I win my wife to be loyal because I married to one wife and I want to stick with one wife. I don't have money for a second wife. Divorce is expensive in Switzerland. If you have kids, it breaks you. Just kidding. But I want to just say, I'm not only want to be faithful, this is just the foundation, but I want to have an inspiring, a vibrant ma marriage. And that's why I came up with the five A's, how I want to treat my wife and my kids and my staff and my small group and everything. This is not a message where you can say, Hallelujah, Pastor Leo, it was an awesome message. This is a message where I want to send you out in your small groups. Please take your time with God, take a paper, write down in the middle, it's me. And then you draw a circle and you ask the question, what is my welcoming culture? How do I treat new people? What is my style? Maybe you say, I'm, I'm an introvert, guy. It's not easy for me. It's never easy. Culture means this is what I want to be in the long run. And God will help me. He has, will empower me with the Holy Spirit. But this is the culture I want to live. And the second question is, what's about those people? They are with you 10 years, 15 years, and 20 years. How do you treat them? You need also a culture for them. I will say probably every church has an amazing welcome culture. When, when I ask them, what is your culture to treat the people the longer with you than 10, 15 years? They said, yeah, we have certain things. Write it down as well. How do you want to treat your staff, your wife, your husband, your kids, your mom, your dad, your niece, your neighborhoods, your small group. What is the culture? Because culture defines an atmosphere. I never preached about that topic in all my 25 years. It's not just I share something with you, I walk the talk. I walk the talk. It's not just I come with some ideas, this is what I'm doing the last 25 years in my personal life. This is the, the way when I will die, the people will speak about me. Leo was very generous. Leo had always crazy new ideas. Leo did always things that nobody has ever done before. This is because written down on a paper between me and God and my family. Church, I would love to pray with you. Can we stand for a moment and then I will lead you into the worship. That's why you can take on the mask already. And I want to give the Holy Spirit room tonight because I think that's a message. When you hear that for the very first time, you have maybe more questions than answers. And I want to invite the Holy Spirit right now to give you a revelation. I believe in a revelation, God. I believe that God right now can anoint you with a new revelation. Wow. 
as I told you, church, 25 years ago, that family has led me, she opened up my eyes for that culture. It's something I saw for the very first time. Maybe you have heard that message for the very first time. And that's why, Holy Spirit, I just want to ask you right now, just give each of us just that godly revelation. Give me the revelation what, what means the welcoming culture to me. What is my style? How I can approach new things and new people. It doesn't matter from which nation and which color they are. I don't want to live in my own bubble, be together with the same people, the same style. Holy Spirit, I want to ask you right now, just give me a revelation. What is my style? What is my DNA to create a culture of welcome home? And the second arm and the second culture is the loyalty, loyalty culture, the faithfulness culture. How do we treat people that have been with us over all the years? Often we take things for granted and that's a very dangerous zone. You can create an atmosphere. You are set by God to define the temperature, the atmosphere of the faithful people. I really love to be just to stand in the presence of God for a moment. I don't want to be in a rush right now. It's not like a message you hear once and then you say, I got it. I just pray that the Spirit of God is starting something in you because you're not a victim. It's not always about me, myself and I. God has blessed us to be a blessing and if we bless people, the blessing always come back in a bigger time, in more than I've given. That's why when I prepared the message, I felt like, like in the end of the message, God is changing something in our hearts, in our attitudes, in our longings, that I have built my life on a culture, a culture of welcoming the new people and blessing those that are around me over all the years. 
And that's why I want to ask you, wherever you stand and if you're watching live stream, there's one thing I cannot do for you. I cannot decide for you. I cannot define for you. I cannot write it down for you. That's the only message you have to, you have, you have to do something. It's in your hands. And that's why when you ask God for an encounter, that He helps you, He gives you a revelation, He will do it. With expectation, with faith, let's believe right now that God the Father gives you right now a revelation. going to the praise and worship moment I want to share you one thought and idea and I think it's very helpful for a lot of people right now some years ago I'm a big complainer actually and often I complained about situations I felt like the atmosphere was not good the culture was not good I would say I probably one of I representing maybe the culture of everyone Wherever I go, people complain. Wherever I go, people have a reason why things are not the way they should be. And one guy, God said to me, Leo, you, not a, you are not a loser. Complaining is a loser statement. Giving the fault, it's a loser statement. Complaining and saying, if I would run the company, that's a loser statement. God said to me, you all have the victorious spirit. You are in the position, when God lives in you, you're the salt and the light of the earth. And if, he, if I see something in the church or in the small group or wherever I am, God has set me to change the atmosphere. And there's a lot of people right now, you complain. You have one million reasons why things are the way they are. That's a losing statement. If God lives in me, I can change the culture. It always starts with one person. And don't wait for that person because that person may, it's you. And I just want to encourage you right now when you ask God, come and bless me and anoint me, restore me, equip me, miss God, use me and I will make a difference in my family, in my small group, in my church, in my company, in my neighborhood. Because we are called from God and by God. Come on. And right now, Father God, I lay down 
my complaint spirit. I lay down my loose spirit, my victim mentality. That's not my fault. It's not my team. It's not my church. It's not my small group. It's not my family. And I take a stand. And wherever I am, I'm the salt and the light of the kingdom of God. And I'm representing the glory of God. It's not about my abilities. It's not about my own strength and power. The anointing always flows from God Almighty to me. It's not even in the power of my words, of my wisdom. It's a blessing and anointing above and beneath everything I can do. And God, that's why I want to ask you right now, anoint me. Anoint me and use me to create a culture, to change the atmosphere, to bring the heaven down on earth. And let's lift up our hands and ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you with courage, with the atmosphere. Come on, church!